This is Seattle Sports Diaries Podcast. Now, here is your host, Mike, and the rest of the SSD gang. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand spanking new episode of Seattle Sports Diaries. I am your host, Mike. And as you can see right here in the other uh, window right here, I got my co-host, DJ. What's going on, brother? What's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, not too bad. By the way, I want to give a, a big old uh, happy Veterans Day to you and your wife, my man. Uh, thank you for everything you and your wife been doing for this country, man. And uh, I saw you're going to be deployed next year, man. I'm going to lose you for a whole year. Yeah, six months or so. Ugh, man, that's rough. Well, to get things started, I think we should welcome in our uh, guest tonight, uh, co-host of High Hopes Podcast. Give him a give him a look over there on High Hopes Podcast. Uh, please welcome Jack Fritz. What's going on, Jack? What's going on, guys? How, how's the uh, how's the West Coast on this evening? Well, I don't know about DJ. He's over. He's <laughs> he's uh, over in what, what is it? Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. Uh, he's in Ohio. Wow. Very exciting. Very I'm the exciting. one. I'm the one who's out here in uh, in Washington. But you know, the weather out here is uh, it's finally turned. See, here's the funny thing: we actually skipped over fall. And we went straight into fucking winter. Yeah, that's usually <laughs> what happens, even on the East Coast, man. Like, goes, although, like, it's weird. You know, today it's like 70. Meanwhile, it's been like 35 in the morning. Last couple of days, <laughs> like, whatever. It's just uh, just another day. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. By the way, for everybody, uh, we always have to remind you every podcast. See that banner right there down there? Be sure to go subscribe to BS Commentaries on YouTube and follow the podcast on Apple and Spotify and Google. We just put out a brand spanking new episode with Red versus Blue Season 10. That was so much fun to uh, to record. Uh, Jack, are, uh, you? Uh, so uh, we have two podcasts here. So we have this main podcast and we have our uh, movie review and commentary channel of BS Commentaries. It's been a lot of fun to record and uh yeah give it a go ahead and give it a listen man i think you might enjoy that one but uh you know uh i think it's time by the way man look at you look at you dj we get with your cracking hat and your jersey on man i love it uh i'm actually sporting the uh, uh hockey fights cancer jersey oh, for obvious reasons hockey there like a year ago you guys already have gear and everything or what oh you hell yeah the, dude, hey. dude have you actually seen the retro reverse jerseys that they're coming out with hold on is Dave Haxtell still the coach up there, or has he been like an oh, utter disaster? Yes. Oh, fuck. Yeah. He is still the coach. But look, so this is my first jersey I ever bought. So I bought a large, like I do in every jersey. Little yeah. did I know that it was meant to have pads under it. So it, <laughs> I'm swimming in it over here. Not a guy. Not a guy. It's like, oh, it's like four inches pad. It's like... It's, so long. Bro, it's, it's, it's a hockey sweater. It's supposed yeah, to be li- supposed to be yeah. loose, man. Supposed yeah. to be loose. Listen, within the next ten years, when you guys figure out hockey up there, we'll, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll nail the jersey conversation. Hey, how, ah, definitely. Well, I mean, like I like it. Pretty good though. I mean, like I like I was telling you, man. I mean the uh, the the retro reverse jerseys that the that the Kraken have come out with are absolutely unbelievable. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, we brought you on here to talk some baseball, and of course, let's go ahead and do some baseball talk, man. I mean, 
Uh, World Series is wrapped up. We all know who fucking won that one. Uh, that was a. It, well it, is it yeah. is it just me or did or did ever did ninety percent of America want to hang themselves? <laughs> well, people weren't happy. It didn't seem like, and uh, it was weird because it was like the lowest rated World Series ever. Um, Which uh, you know that really surprises me, but it doesn't surprise me at all because you have you have Philadelphia, you have a fan, you have a city whose fans are known for throwing batteries at Santa for God's sakes. Uh, <laughs> Snowballs. <laughs> but then of course you have but then of course you have the houston astros who are cheaters and i don't know what the hell's wrong with my microphone today something's up with it it's like right. getting a lot of a lot of uh, static break there but anyway yeah i mean i was very surprised that that was a very low rated uh a low rated uh world series because i you know there there were two really good teams you have the philadelphia phillies and i'm not gonna lie and this is the one thing that i and saying, be prepared for Trey Turner to be a Philadelphia Philly. That's all I'm going to be saying. And the the reason why is because Gene Segura no longer on there. And I was very surprised by that. I was very, very shocked that uh, the Phillies decided to let go of Gene Segura. I, I mean, what was – do you have any idea of why they would do that? Well, because uh, they had a, he had a $17 million player option or a club option. Um, and he's just not worth $17 million at this point. Like I, I love Gene score, like one of my favorite Phillies this mm-hmm. the last couple of years. Um, but like, I can't justify paying him that salary when he's probably a $10 million a year player. Um, so, you know, you get the $17 million off the books, you get DD's money off the books, you get like Jerry's familia, who's awful. Um, and you get all these guys off the books and yeah, it, it frees up money for Trey Turner. And it, it seems like things are treading in the right direction, but as we know with, uh, you know, free agency and trades, like let's just wait till it actually <laughs> happens before we start having celebrations, you know, but obviously yeah. getting Trey now, Turner would be ridiculous. Now, one thing that I want to go ahead and put out there is I need to give a huge shout out to Jeremy Pena on the Houston Nationals because, you know, Jack, I think, I think we can both agree with this. Like right now, the, the, the two top teams in baseball in the American league are in one division. And it's the Astros and the Mariners. I think I, I wow. think that I think that the Mariners and the Astros are the top team in the in that division. And I and it's so weird to say that because you know if you watch that Astros Mariners series, it was unbelievable. I mean, it, it was basically back and forth. No team had a real advantage, and I mean the Mariners di- did actually keep that did kind of keep the Astros on their tail. But Jeremy Pena is absolutely unbelievable. He had an incredible World Series, of course, World Series MVP. And honestly, you know, Julio Rodriguez is going to be the rookie of the year. And Jeremy Pena did not was not a finalist for that. And I was absolutely shocked. I was well, very sh- I was very shocked, but I think I don't think Jeremy Pena cares because a World Series MVP is better than a is better than a rookie of the year. And an uh, ALCS MVP. Uh, so, mm-hmm. as someone that ha- had both Jeremy Pena and Julio Rodriguez on their fantasy teams, um, which is like, <laughs> uh, Julio Rodriguez, I mean, I think I could do a whole hour on how unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm willing I'm, to bet. I'm probably talking to the right guys here. I mean, the guy is just tremendous. Um, the thing with Jeremy Pena, though, is like he started off super hot. And it was like, okay, this guy's like clearly the Correa replacement, like going to be really good. And then like for the last two months of the season, I just feel like he didn't hit anything. Like he would hit maybe like a homer every like, you know, 14 days or whatever. And did it feel like he was taking over and dominating like he, we thought he was going to do at the beginning of the, uh, of the season. 
And dude, like what he did in the postseason. I mean, to be fair, I mean like, it was unbelievable. I don't know why anyone threw him anything but a curveball or a slider or something. Cause like he was just mashing fastballs. And I know like sometimes you got to be smart because you know, you have Bregman and Jordan after him. So you can't just walk them. Um, but at the same time, like I feel like he swung at every single slider. It didn't matter if it was close to the strike zone or not. So um, that's something he's gonna have to work on. Like pitchers are going to put that in the scouting report as they go along here. Um, but yeah, Jerry yeah. Pena and, and, and Julio Rodriguez are just ridiculous. So um the ALS is in good hands and uh yeah and yeah and like I was saying you know you have the two best I think you have the two best upcoming players in the American League West you have Jeremy Pena and you have Julio Rodriguez I now here's the thing I am not going to bash Julio uh, Jeremy Pena at all I kind of hate the guy for kicking us out for actually being the guy who hit the home run to kick the Mariners out of the playoffs don't get me wrong but I mean that kid is he's gonna be a star He's going to be a star, but he's not going to be Julio Rodriguez star material. Julio Rodriguez is going to be that that uh, that superstar that I think baseball really wants because now they have another they have a superstar that is not named Mike Trout. That's not named Shohei Otani. And it's so much fun to see the Mariners actually have now a new face of baseball because, you know, I'm not going to lie. You know what Julio Rodriguez did in his rookie year? there's so much comparisons to Ken Griffey jr. In his first year. And, it, and, and that's what I, and that's what I love about this kid is that this kid has that type of flair that Ken Griffey jr. Did have. And it's so amazing to watch this. And I mean, and, and DJ dude, I mean, I need your take on this because I, I know you're the co-host here, but you always sit there, man. You need it. You got to speak up, man. I want you to speak up, but I don't want to cut. I don't want to cut you off. <laughs> oh, I don't give a shit. I don't care. You, you just, you, you basically, you just, you can tell me to shut the fuck up and be like, I got something to say. And I'll be like, okay, I'm, I'm listening. But, <laughs> but no, man, dude, we watched this dude. We watched Julio Rodriguez for over 140 games. That's exactly, that's exactly how many I think he played. And he is just, he's taking over the league. He took over the league in just one season. Yeah, and I think for Seattle fans as a whole, in you know looking at between all the the major sports and something, and with Russell leaving, I think we were we we definitely were looking for who's going to be that next star in Seattle, and obviously we found out that it was Julio, and I think we we attached ourselves as soon as we could to to have that that new star to replace russell when he left Mm -hmm. and i just i with julio i love like the just just the joy he plays in the game the way he he hustles uh down the line Uh, he smiles and watches the replay when he strikes out but i mean he never you don't see him throwing bats and throwing no he doesn't throw bats he flips them (laughs) (laughs) and uh even, I mean, early on when uh, the umps were saying, hey, welcome to the major leagues. And uh, I think he had like 14, 14 out of his first like 20 strikeouts were like outside the zone. Um, but he stuck with it and that finally passed. And then he picked it up uh, later on. Um, and he finally he finally got into the ump one time and then saw Cervase get, get in there too. Uh, but I just, I, I just hope that he continues to play with that uh, year to year. Um, yeah, that's what we want to see. We want to see him, uh, just smiling out there. And I think that, um, to be the face of baseball, might it'd be amazing to see, but he's definitely a rising star and I'm excited to, 
get an authentic Julio jersey whenever they decide to release them. Well, here's the thing: you got to get you got to get those made. You got to get those made. So here's the thing: I'll make you a deal, DJ. Next year, I'll go because I got to do this anyway. Um, next year, when I go to the ballpark for the first uh, for the home opener, I'm actually going to get a authentic Julio jersey. Now, what color do you want? Because I got to ask you that: what color do you want, man? So I already have a teal Griffey jersey. I have a gray, <laughs> no name. I probably dark blue. I don't oh, the navy. Be. Yeah, I was. I was gonna say the navy tops. Yeah, definitely. I would. Yeah. I would go with the navy tops since he hit most of his home runs in those jerseys. But Jack, I mean, let, let's let's get onto this, man. So real quick, I mean, first of all, congratulations to your Phillies. You guys had one hell of a season. And by the way, I gotta ask you, man, what beer are you drinking, man? Well. It's a local brewery, so like I don't think it's the out Bryce in, Harper. Uh, I don't think it's out in uh, in Seattle. Speaking uh, of Bryce Harper, yeah. how about how about Bryce Harper uh, d- uh, did in the uh, pol- in the election uh, for for you know the Senate there in in Pennsylvania? That was that's that's pretty impressive how how Bryce Harper got one percent of the votes. <laughs> did he? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> see that, but it's not surprising. I mean, when you hit like what four fifteen uh, before the World Series and. You know, carry this team to uh, you know the, again. Like baseball in Philadelphia for the longest time felt like it was dead. You know, um, and because you know, oh seven to eleven, obviously the Rollins, Otley, Howard, Hamels days. Like baseball was on fire here, and then basically we're just like dormant. You know, for for a decade there, um, and like this run just taught everyone just how incredible baseball is. Um, and the city is all back in, and you know, it's cool. Like it was cool that our two franchises were kind of aligned on this uh you know longest playoff droughts in the sports thing um and it just it, i'm sure it meant i mean a ton to you guys obviously um but oh my God. A, a i shed, a, I shed a few tears honestly that's <laughs> sweet i tell you one thing i tell you one thing jack i mean that 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 walk-off home run to actually clinch the playoffs i was oh. there for that game i was and i was on the i was literally on the on the like just let on my knees and i was in tears and somebody a random person came up and was just like hugging me and i was just like okay i don't mind a random hug for the one for once in my life but me and a couple buddies we went out to the parking garage and we were spraying champagne it was so much fun but you know oh my god big dumper big dumper is his name don't ever don't ever forget it and uh, i need to put this out there on the podcast because i because i've been putting this out on twitter but next year cal raleigh will be the starting catcher for the american league at the 2023 all-star all-star game and he will be a silver slugger award because let me i'm kirk did not deserve that award give me a break I thought I thought Big Dumper got robbed. I thought Big Dumper got seriously robbed of that award. But next year's his year. Next year's oh his yeah, year. definitely, yeah, definitely. Don't worry. But about uh, it. and Sean yeah, Murphy's getting getting traded too, so it's all it's all him. Yeah, getting into free agency though. I mean, I I will say this: the Phillies have got an interesting uh, free agent uh, free agency because they definitely have to replace, of course, Gene Segura. And uh, you know, right now it looks like the, you know Trey Turner is that guy who is going to get replaced, but. You know, the Mariners got a couple guys on their radar right now. I mean, already they've been connected to Brandon Nimmo, who, uh, in my opinion, is a big upgrade to Mitch Hanniger. I feel like uh, Mitch Hanniger uh, is, you know, I wish him nothing but the best of luck, of course. Um, But I feel like Mitch Hanniger's injuries history is just too much of a of a gamble for the Mariners to take. Oh, I love I love Mitch, but I Oh, I, I mean everybody loves Mitch. I love I, Mitch. He's, every year I pick up in fantasy in like the 18th round. I'm like, listen, <laughs> this is, this is a, a yet again another big Mitch Hanniger year. So, 
Um, <laughs> dude, I'm just telling you, as like as someone that's have to endure Brandon Nimmo here, um, he's the worst. But like, <laughs> if he's on your team, I think you'll like him. Like, <laughs> like it, it's the it's the classic. If he's on your team, you love him. If he's against your team, you hate him. Because um, like, you know, he's he's pretty much a hardo. You know, like he, he when he walks, he sprints the first base. It's embarrassing. Um, you know, it's a it's a very try hard move. Um, but believe me, like if he's your guy, you'll love him. He's he's like that kind of guy. So um <laughs> I wish him nothing but the best in Seattle if you guys end up getting him. You'll have a lot of fun. Oh yeah, definitely. But uh, so I mean, who do you think are free agent uh, free agent targets for the Phillies besides Trey Turner? Because again, you know, Trey Turner's been connected with you guys, and I believe that's where he is going to end up with the uh, unfortunate departure of Gene Segura. Yeah. Um, so I think Trey's probably going to happen. Um, if not, you know, like I think they have Plan A, which is probably Trey Turner and like you know Tyler Anderson or whoever, like one of the mid tier starters. Your your good your good pal Taewon Walker, I'm sure <laughs> will be will be worked into the mix. Um, but I do think it's going to be Trey Turner, and then you know you kind of go for the the mid tier um, relievers. The other option I think they're going to go for is Xander Bogarts um, and pay him, you know, if they don't get Turner six years, like 170 or whatever. Uh, obviously, Dombrowski won a World Series with him in Boston up in 2018. So they have that connection. And then if you go that route, then I think you go um, Carlos Rodon, who I just like. I, I think that guy's freaking awesome, man. And, you know, if, if Robbie Ray, you know, who got the contract from you guys last year, uh, five years, 115. Like, it seems around that number for Carlos Rodon. And I, I, I do think I like Rodon a little bit more than Robbie Ray. Um, just, I mean, you know, I know he won the Cy Young before signing with 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 Seattle. Um, but, yeah, it seems like those are going to be the two big options. And then, um, and then we'll see how they play out, which mid-tier starter they sign, um, bullpen pieces. And I do think they have a trade in them, you know. I think they have a trade in them somewhere. Um, they've been kind of stockpiling these pitching prospects for the last couple of years. You know, there could be some options out there, um, whether it's Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff or Shane Bieber, if they ever decide to move him, Raphael Devers, you know, those kind of moves are out there. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. Like, I think, I think the Phillies ownership is like when they get a taste of the apple, I think they want to go all in. Um, and it seems like that's where we're at right now. So even if they go over the luxury tax again, I think their real limit is the $253 million limit, the the second kind of luxury tax. Yeah. Uh, so this is something that I wanted to bring up with both of you guys, because this is a, this is a conversation that I was, that I, that I think needed to happen. So of course, uh, game six of the world series, it came down to analytics for the second time in three years, a game six has been decided by analytics by a manager taking a pitcher out when he didn't need to. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. As soon as I heard that Thompson brought in Alvarado or uh, that his last name, Alvarado? Alvarado. 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 As soon as I heard Alvarado's name and he's facing Jordan Alvarez, I went like this. Because he's hitting a home run. You you had seen that like literally. I've seen it before. I saw it against Robbie Ray. Jesus. Yep. And first of all, uh, your Don Alvarez absolutely hit a fucking piss missile 450 feet to dead center field. My God. 
And but this this is something that I wanted to just just put on here again. Like I said, second time in two years that analytics has cost a team a World Series game. You know, I think that the that that the Rays in 2000 would have probably won game six, forced a game seven with Blake Snell on the mound. And, you know, I get it. You want to go you want to go for the analytics. You want to go for that lefty lefty matchup. But, you know, Rob Thompson in this situation, you need to he had to have known that Jordan Alvarez is an absolute lefty masher. He was just Alvarez, in my opinion, is the second most dangerous hitter in all of baseball right now. This, the, the first, of course, being Aaron Judge. And but I mean, I mean, Jack, what is I mean, what is your just take on all this analytics? Because I feel like analytics are just destroying the game of baseball. Uh, it's funny. It's, I actually think that it's kind of reversing course a little bit. I don't think it's been as, you know, live and die with the numbers as you've seen some of these teams kind of like a lot of teams, honestly, have been fed up with it, I think, as well, um, because I think that people are starting to realize, like, listen, old school baseball still works. Um, the thing with Thompson is that I don't think that was analytics. I, I think that so Zach Wheeler before that start, it was throwing like. 94 he had dead arm and that was the first time he'd been healthy in like two weeks so i think like at that point in the last couple starts is when he has really started to blow up and it hasn't gone well and i think he was trying to be proactive rather than reactive and let zach zach wheeler blow that inning up and he thought that this is the pocket that we want jose alvarado to be brought in with and my issue with it is is that use your eyes zach wheeler didn't throw a 97 he wasn't decrease in velocity he hit martin maldonado even though like i don't know he kind of put his arm out there um and then it was a weak single up the middle by jeremy pena you know like just just let him go like let your ace cook you know um and at the same time like jose alvarado just hadn't been pitching as well you know ever since like you know the the padre series um he he got shelled in game three game three at citizens bank park um he just pitched in game one like he just wasn't the same guy and I think that he didn't, you know, I would have used like Ranger Suarez if I was going to pull Zach Wheeler in that moment. Um, but I don't think it was totally analytics. I think they had a pitch limit for him because he was just getting healthy again. Um, but at the same time, like that's a win or die game. Like you got to just let your guy go. Um, so it was a, a, a monumental error, obviously. Like I don't think he would have signed up for Jose Alvarado allowing a 450 foot homer. I've never, first off, I've never seen a ball over the center field uh, batter's eye there. Like I'm sure you've seen more Astros games than I have. Like I have never seen a ball go that freaking far. And like, oh, in yeah. my, I've, in my, I've seen it a couple times in my sick and twisted brain. I was like, Oh, please just point to this guy and say it's pop up. I was like, Oh, just say he got it off the end of the bat or something, but <laughs> no, he didn't miss an inch of that barrel. Um, so yeah, it sucks. Um, but you know, at the same time, I, I with, with the shift kind of going out next year, maybe, you know, you get back to traditional baseball. Um, but and I, I, I just think that with with a manager like Rob Thompson, he's got service like up with you guys. Like, you know, it, it seems like analytics, like it's reached this point where they realize that it helps, but old school baseball still works and, and the way that it worked for a hundred and like fifty years before baseball before analytics came around. So um I would like to see more gut used because like I'm a pitcher, I pitch in college, like I I I believe that, you know just trust your guys at some point. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be something to watch over these next couple of years for sure. Yeah. I mean, DJ, I mean, your thoughts on all this analytical stuff, because, you know, 
Um, you know, my my take is, you know, here's the thing. I love Scott's service to death. I love him to death. But there have been situations where he has gone to the analytics and it's cost him. Well, thank goodness we don't got to worry about the shift anymore. Because <laughs> earlier in the year, it, he heard us putting, uh, I forgot, I, there was actually runners on second and third. There's two outs with Alvarez up. Mm. He put the shift on to the right. And it went right through the uh, mm-hmm. left side of the field for a game-winning base hit or whatever. That bugged me. Um, the rest of it, uh, yeah. So I'm not a huge fan, but uh, I think I think at times, sometimes the coaches uh, will get too much in into their heads. And and with the analytics, I think I think it brings another facet to the game that that they got to consider and think about. And so I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of it, but yeah, it's what, it's what we, it's, it's the, the day, sport. this day and age. So. Now. Yeah, it's pretty much it's, yeah. It's everything. By the way, for everybody tuning in uh, at seven o'clock, both me and DJ were doing a special podcast where we will be uh, commentating the Seattle Kraken versus the Minnesota wild game. Uh, so for every, any Kraken fan out there who doesn't want to listen to that horrible ass ESPN feed, we'll be doing the feed. We'll be doing the play-by-play and definitely giving our take uh, through uh, through that whole game. It's a little thing that I wanted to do uh, that was kind of like a special podcast or whatever. Do it like once in a while. But, uh, Jack, here's something that's very interesting to ask you. You know, I mean, who do you think the Mariners should target in free agency? Because they do have needs with the, with the outfield, with the corner outfield, with Mitch Hanniger leaving. Uh, they definitely need a, a possible second baseman upgrade, if not a shortstop upgrade, who's willing to play second base. Ah oh, man, you, you're you're throwing my guy JP Crawford to the curb already. I mean, what what are we doing? That, uh, no, that no, was, no, 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 no. That was We're our guy for a while. We're not throwing him out. We're keeping him at. Or they said they've already said they're they're going to keep him at a at shortstop, which I'm happy about. But it's just uh, you need a you need another bat in that lineup who's definitely going to give you a good glove over there at second base or at shortstop. And you you know uh, the Mariners are open to. Uh, getting a guy who wants to play second base who uh, will move from shortstop to second base or just moving JP Crawford over from shortstop to second base as well. I mean, I mean, it's, it's basically a win-win if you think about it, but, but I mean, seriously, who do you think the Mariners should be targeting uh, in this, in this free agency? Because we, we got a lot of interesting players out on the, out on the free agent market this year. Well, listen, uh, I mean, we mentioned him earlier. Why not bring back Gene Segura? You know, hey, I, you know, I wouldn't be the, opposed. If you're looking for a second baseman, that'll like, dude, Gene yeah. Segura is still a good player. Like, like I, you're talking to someone here who I, I the last two years have been really, really fun. Yeah. Um, and it's just like $17 million is too much. But if you give Gene Segura two years, 20 million, you know, 10 million a year to play a second base and um, like his defense is still really good. Um, and I, and I do think he's almost an undervalued asset from the standpoint of he'll put the bat and he'll put the bat on the ball, um, and move runners along and, and little stuff like that, that help you win baseball games. I mean, in game one of the wild card series against the Cardinals this year, he hit a go ahead single on a pitch that was like an inch off the ground, you know, like he's a, <laughs> I he's still a couldn't believe ball. he hit that thing. It was awesome. Um, game three against the Padres, you know, same kind of thing, poked his bat on it, hit it over center field. So, um, I mean, if you're looking for a second baseman, I think he's a really good value. Um, 
from what they need. I mean, you mentioned him earlier. I mean, if you're looking for a center fielder, Nimmo, you know, makes a lot of sense from the standpoint of really good defensive player, great on base percentage, has been hitting really well um, recently. Like Kiermaier makes a lot of like, he really just a good defensive player. You know, um, he's like the bat's never going to be there. He's gonna he's gonna play Gold Glove caliber defense. Like that's not a problem. But if I was you, um, like your starting staff is like is pretty gross, you know, from the outsider looking in, like could it be more jealous of having Luis Castillo, Logan Gilbert, and my guy, George Kirby, like George Kirby was so my guy in the draft that year. You know, I think the, that was in the Phil's drafted uh, Bryson Stott um, all throughout the year. I was like, just draft George Kirby. He's next to Grom next to all this. Like I legitimately think he's the next to Grom. Like, I think when they figure it all out, he's going to be really, upset. Oh, I, I, that was my first comp was Jacob the ground. Now, that was before Jacob Degrom turned into like Jacob freaking Degrom, yeah. but it was like <laughs> like doesn't walk anyone, throws 100 miles an hour, strikes guys out. Like was a huge fan, but I mean, if you go Luis Castillo, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, Robbie Ray, like that's a freaking staff, man. Um, so uh, yeah, I, and I think if you add in Nimmo, like you're getting Gold Glove caliber center field, um, you know, with a good on base percentage that should help facilitate the lineup. Um, I know from like watching, you know, some pod or some uh, Mariners games last year, seemed like a lot of low average guys, you know, and and I think they could use someone in the in the two eighty ish range, three hundred that could, uh, you know, move the offense right along. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, so uh, DJ, so I, I I took this from someone on Instagram who. Uh, uh, he said we could use this, but there, there there's some there's some hitter Morosi who I absolutely love. John Morosi is an amazing uh, analyst, and I love the fact that he's always basically on. He, he's one of the he's one of the first in there for for baseball. But uh, four main guys that I think the Mariners should target. And, and Jack, I would love your opinion on this here in a second. But you know, we've talked about it a bunch of times. Xander Bogarts is out there. I mean, that's that's one guy that I think the Mariners should should definitely go out and target. You know, give him give him a three-year, four-year, five-year contract, you know, see where, see where it takes you. Um, as, as we just said, Brandon Nimmo is one of those guys, uh, you know, for, for designated hitter, you know, like let's, let's go ahead and get JD Martinez. That'd be an interesting, uh, an interesting bat to target because, you know, right now the Mariners, they need, you know, we've seen it all season long, DJ, we need bats. We need guys who can hit above 250 at least. We need guys who can, are able to get a decent slugging percentage, percentage, a good OPS, but it, you know, guys who can are able to drive the ball and, dr- and drive in runs. That's something that we need because, you know, if if the Mariners would have had a decent offense for the whole season, I mean, if they would have had that whole second half offense the whole season long, you know, the Mariners could have honestly been a 100 plus win team. But uh, there's there was also uh, speculation that Joey Gallo and Jock Peterson are possible targets for the Mariners since the since the shift ban. So, I mean, DJ, I mean, you know, who do you think that the Mariners should be targeting these guys? Because I mean, you know, the the, the first guy that makes complete sense to me is of course uh, Xander Bogarts uh, and Brandon Nimmo. Uh, you know, we we definitely need to make those upgrades. And of course, uh, with Carlos Santana, I don't know if the Mariners are going to bring him back. So you definitely need a designated hitter. And, you know, the, the, the one guy that comes to mind is of course, JD Martinez. Yeah. So, uh, no to Joey Gallo. I, I don't <laughs> want someone that can, can just hit a home run or in bat 100 and have a whole bunch of strikeouts. Uh, so no to Joey Gallo. I wouldn't mind Jock Peterson. 
Uh, J.D. Martinez, uh, his numbers across the board went down this year, uh, but still a very good hitter. Um, I think just like Jack said, we we do need to get a bat that can hit high 280s um, besides Julio and into the 300s um, where we can put them um, somewhere in the lineup to do just that. Um, Brandon Nimmo, uh, I really like him. And Xander Bogarts, uh, if it's not Trey Turner, um, he is he is, uh, doesn't have the same athletic ability as Trey Turner. So I could see Xander being willing to move to second. Um, Trey, I don't think he'd be moving. Uh, he's too athletic to play second base. Um, and uh, then we would be moving JP over if, if somehow we got him and the Phillies didn't, didn't get him. But um, I really like Xander Bogarts uh, for there. Uh, Carlos Santana. I really like, I, I like him. I, I think mm. He's good in the clubhouse. And I think, I think with the, with the, sh- the shift going away, <laughs> I, I think it, it would be all right for him. Uh, it'd be better. But uh, again, I think that would be a, another one year deal and he's not going to be getting much money. Um, but I, I actually, I, I thought Carlos Santana, you know, he had, a, he had a few very clutch games for us. Um, and he, where they, where they play them in the shift, which is like that deep second baseman that is like 15 feet in front of the outfielder. I mean, there must've been 20 times he hit right there mm-hmm. into there. And, um, so with that going away, you know, hopefully, you know, that would help bring his average up. Um, cause he, he did, he would go in spurts where he was hitting really well and then wouldn't get a base hit for 20 at bats. And then, um, but I like all the, all those guys you talked about. Um, I do not want Joey Gallo though. I'll say that again. <laughs> Why not? You don't, you don't like a 190 average and, and no, and that we had that with Zunino. We had that with Zunino when he was mm-hmm. a catcher. Ah, oh, Mikey. Um, I would not mind Mike coming back as a backup catcher though. Cause he is a yeah, good catcher. Good um, the other thing we got to think about is Scott likes to rotate, everyday position players into the DH spot as well. And that's why he likes having the utility players like Haggerty and more um, so that they can play the position, get a guy a day off or, or put him in the DH position. Um, so it also depends whether Scott decides to actually go out and get an everyday DH uh, to hit as well. Yeah, it's weird. I don't think teams are really doing the, the, everyday dh thing anymore like you know i I feel like we a lot of times in the al growing up it was like oh you got big poppy you got like these guys are just going to be all-time dh and i think the rays kind of messed up everyone's mind with that where they must use the dh as like an off day for for people um in a way um gallo like gallo is like probably my least favorite player in the league like if i was you guys (laughs) i would say no interest (laughs) um to his credit though like he did you know, hit decently well um, with the uh, with the Dodgers after he was like given away by the Yankees. Um, but Jock's kind of the same kind of player, you know. Yeah. Like people were surprised that the Phils gave Schwarber that contract, you know, because they viewed Jock Peterson like one year eight million versus uh, four seventy nine for Schwarber, which means Schwarber hit forty seven homers, you know. So, um, which I'm still surprised Jock- they they that they had him in the leadoff spot. Yeah, well. It's tough because it was weird. His his OBP numbers were way down than what they usually are. Um, but at the same time, like 
he's such an imposing force as a leadoff hitter that it kind of gets in a pitcher's mind immediately. Um, but yeah, like, dude, if you guys got like JD, JD Martinez, like he probably has two years left of being a pretty good player, but it's almost like Nelson Cruz where you give him a couple of years, you know, he's older, but you just, you don't bank on a lot of home runs, you know, obviously he had a short porch in left field that probably helped him with the Red Sox a little bit, but in Seattle, like he should be hitting balls into the gap all day long. Um, but I, you know, I'm a little disappointed that you guys aren't on floor with the Gene Segura comeback <laughs> tour, man. Like, <laughs> I don't Come know. On, make I mean, up, I, make up for the D Gordon situation. You know, oh, bring back, bring uh, back Gene. She's the D, the D Gordon situation. That uh, that always brings back nice memories. Uh, nah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, you're absolutely right when it comes to the Gene Secura possible comeback tour because, um, you know, I I would not be opposed to it. And because again, people people forget Gene Segura is still a really good hitter and he's a damn good and he's a damn good second baseman. He's one of the, I think he's Much one of the better, better se- second than shortstop. Short I think he's one of the better. Oh no, I, I agree. Cause you know, uh, during his time in Seattle, he was definitely a little bit, uh, he was kind of, he was kind of iffy on the shortstop. He was kind of iffy on the shortstop, but he's definitely a really good second baseman. I like what I like how he gets positioned at second base. Uh, one more thing before we get you out of here, Jack. First of all, Jack, uh, appreciate you coming on the podcast, talking baseball with us. Uh, uh, for everybody out there, uh, tell us exactly where you can find uh, the the podcast. Uh, so if you if you go on, you know, Apple Podcasts, any podcast, and, and search High Hopes, we'll be there. We just started doing a stream yard ourselves. So listen, we're, we're getting hot on the I host podcast, you know, <laughs> um, and real, th- real quick thing before, for last question, I need to turn this whole interview around on you because mm-hmm. like, I don't get a, I don't get to talk to native Seattle people very often, but I've just been so <laughs> curious about this for a while. And maybe it's because you have the 12 behind you up there in your, in your left hand <laughs> yeah. corner. All right. So, now, I don't think Seattle people are naturally louder than Philadelphians. <laughs> like, just you got to explain to me why it's so loud. Like, is it the stadium? Are you guys just nuts? Like, it, like why is that place so much louder than any other stadium? Because, like, it hurts my soul. Like, frankly, it hurts my soul that we are not known as a louder fan base. And I blame our stadium here. Like, the link is is just brutal. Now, Citizens Bank Park, I thought was fantastic. Like, from an outside perspective, I would say, wow, that's pretty loud. Um, but, like, explain to me why that building is loud. Because, frankly, I don't get it. So, it's actually the way the, the stadium was built. Uh, it's it's, it's very loud. Now, but don't get me – but do not get me wrong. Do not get me wrong. Uh, I mean – so uh, a couple of years ago when I went to an XFL game for the now for the uh, the previously named Seattle Dragons, I mean, you, you uh. got 20,000, you got 20,000 people in there and that stadium holds a capacity of, uh, I think, uh, 65,000 plus, if not 67,000. And here's the thing. Uh, it didn't matter how that stadium was built. Uh, 20, 20,000 plus fans made it sound like it was 65,000 plus that that was in All that right. stadium. I mean, it, we're, we are, but don't get me wrong. Seattle fans are crazy. Seattle fans right. are definitely crazy, but I mean, we can yeah. definitely get loud when we need to, because, um, you know, I'll give it, I'll give a really good example. I mean, it, one ballpark that, uh, was a nightmare for any team to play in because of how loud it got in that ballpark was the kingdom. The kingdom yeah. was one of the greatest ballparks ever. It may have been a complete clusterfuck dump. 
but that ballpark was that. so much fun. That Don't ballpark that. was so much fun to go to. I mean, you could back when I was a kid, you could take a hundred dollars to a to a game in, uh, at the Kingdom, get a ticket, at least three hot dogs, a couple beers, and you could you'd still have enough to buy a hat. For God's sakes, I mean, look at now, inflation. You can't you can barely afford a hat in the stadium. <laughs> yeah, well, because like but, I was upset. I was upset because last summer I went to Seattle um, as like a vacation. Mm-hmm. And like we hiked all around there, which is incredible. Like it was one of the bucket list things for me. So, um, but the uh, the Mariners were on a West Coast trip or, or like an East Coast trip. I think they were in like uh, Chicago or whatever. So I wasn't able to get to a game. Uh, but you know, I'm glad I'm learning about the 12s. I, I just for my own mental sanity, I needed to understand why it was so loud. Well, I'm gonna be honest, man. When the Seahawks play your Eagles here in the NFC Championship, y'all are going down. Geno Smith, Geno Smith, they wrote him off. Uh, listen, uh, we've become friends in the last 41 minutes of this podcast. If the, if the Eagles lose a freaking a playoff game to Geno Smith, that might be the end for me. It might be it. Like I just, I don't think oh, I can hey, you think that you think that's bad? Both me and DJ, we were we were all in agreement that if Geno Smith was to get a MVP vote, just one MVP vote, which he probably is going to. Uh, both me and DJ are going to go in on a, a Geno Smith jersey. We're going to get nice. it. And I think, I think, I, I think, I think what it should say on the back is wrote me off. Yeah. I, uh, I remember I did a national show uh, before the season started and I was like, why are they even starting Geno Smith? Just start Drew Locke so you can tank and get a quarterback. But here we are. And uh, Geno Smith's been unbelievable. So um, first off, we won't be traveling to Seattle. You'll be traveling here because we're going to get the one seed. Oh, um, definitely, definitely. But if Geno Smith ends our season, we're never doing this podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Husky Stadium was actually built kind of the same way. And, and yeah, it was. It's how loud it gets there as well. Um, Jack, I do got one question before you go. Okay. All right. So when before Bryce Harper became a Philly, Mm-hmm. When he left Washington, we all know Washington went and won the World Series right after he left. So ever since Bryce has been in the league, I have not been a fan of Bryce Harper. <laughs> Me either. And I Me either. and I know a lot of people that that are just just how he carries himself and stuff. But now that he's been um, there with the Phillies, he's been there for a while now. How how do you feel personally about Bryce Harper? Uh, so I love him first off, but I totally was not a fan like coming up, like blowing kisses at pitchers. I hated like as a pitcher myself, I was like, I really want to just like hit you in the back with a fastball. Um, it probably wouldn't have done anything because I threw like 84. Um, so like he wouldn't have felt uh, it at Jamie all. Moyer style. That's, that's, that's my guy. All right. That's my guy, Jamie. He actually told me once that, uh, he like, so I played uh travel ball with his son. And he came down and, like, watched me pitch one weekend, whatever. Um, and he told me to calm down on the mound, like, from his son, like, via his son. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm trying to win here, Jamie. <laughs> and I throw harder than you right now, so don't worry about it. Um, but, yeah, so Bryce is, like, he is just, ever since he's gotten here, it's just pressed every button correctly. It's been a master class. Like, we're a city that, if you're from the outside – not great at like embracing you. Um, but he's just been so he listen, 
he was a Cowboys fan at one point. He got rid of that stuff. He's wearing Eagle stuff all the time. So we, we moved on from that. Um, he wears like fanatic cleats. He says all the right things, talks about how much he loves the city. Um, and just like, you know, <laughs> seeing, him, seeing him go off in the postseason, you know, I think heading into the postseason and really last year, I would say like Joel Embiid was the most popular athlete we had in town. Um, but I think Bryce has just so surpassed him. And uh, the city is just, City just in love with him. And and that home run he hit in game six of the NLCS is something I'll never forget. Like, I was there for it. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and just one of those all-time Philly moments that we'll have forever. So, uh, Bryce is an all-timer here. I'm already ready for the statue. You know, the statue outside Citizens Bank Park. Put it up now. Um, but he's great. And I uh, couldn't be happier. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. Alrighty, Jack. Well, uh, thanks so much for joining us tonight, man, on this uh, podcast. I uh, hope to have you on here. Uh, probably, you know, let's say uh, NFC Championship come times because, you know, the Seahawks, uh, Seahawks Eagles matchup. I mean, again, I know you're going to get upset when Gino beats them, but, you know, yep. let's just make that, la- let's make the last bit of our friendship that podcast right there. <laughs> It'd be a good way to go out for sure. Oh, that would, that would definitely yeah. be a good way to go out. <laughs> The Eagles can't stop the run right now, so Kenneth Walker would be, uh, you know, going for. Oh my God, like Kenneth Walker would run, would run 350 fucking yards on him. All right, enough, enough. Relax. relax. <laughs> enough. We'll All right, Jack. When we get there. All, All right, right, Jack. Well, you have yourself a good night, man. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. All right, sounds good, guys. Talk to you. Have a good one. Hey, Jack. There you go, Jack Fritz from High Hopes Baseball uh, for High, or High Hopes uh, Podcast. And uh, DJ, man, we got a couple more minutes here before we get into uh, – uh, by the way, I sent you the link for that Kraken uh, stream. Uh, so we got about a little over an hour left until we start that stream. That's going to be a fun stream, I'm not going to lie. Uh, doing Just doing a play-by-play commentary on that because um, – one thing I love, I'm not going to lie, I, I, I always envisioned myself as a uh, as a broadcaster, you know, a couple of years ago in my youth. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Kraken right now on a five game winning streak, uh, hopefully they they make it six. But I mean, like uh, we'll we'll definitely say this on the Kraken podcast. But, you know, you know, they're they're going to go again. They're going to go against Andre Mark Andre Fleury. That's not going to be an easy matchup. It's not going to be an easy matchup to, you know, to get a goal against Mark Andre Fleury because he's he is one of the best uh, to basically play in the in the goaltender's position. But was he in the uh, net last game? I think he was in the net the last game. So I mean, we we were able to. I think we did beat him one time. I think we beat him one time. Let me go ahead and check that. Uh, But how was that last game against the Predators? Scoring four in the first. Oh. Uh, you know what? That's just a dream. That's just a dream to beat Trashfield. That is, I'm not gonna lie. If if I always if I just had one thing to to go on, if I had if I just one hope, and it, it it's just beat Trashfield, beat Trashfield every goddamn time, and that's exactly what we got. We got it. We get you know we got the Trashfield losing, and it was in my opinion, just a, just a wonderful all around game because uh, you know, it, that, that was a franchise record that, that they scored um, you know, that they scored four goals in the first, in, in, in the first period. That's, that's never happened in Kraken history. So, you know, we're definitely seeing a different type of Kraken team. I mean, this is, this is definitely, you know uh, it's, I'm not going to lie. It's a wonderful time to be a Kraken fan right now because we have such a, 
we have such a really good offensive team. Um, so the, it, I'm looking this up right now. So the game against Minnesota, yeah, we 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 beat Mark Andre Fleury for nothing. So so it's possible. So it's possible to to get another win against Mark Andre Fleury because uh, you know uh, hopefully we can do that tonight. We get the hopefully we get that. Uh, uh, what is it? The sixth straight win. I mean, th- I mean, dude, it's ten, so much. Ten straight games with three or more, three or more goals. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, you know. It's so much fun to watch this team. It's really is so much fun to watch this team because um, they are, I mean, last year we didn't have an offense. We did not have an offense last year. And the fact that we're getting one this year is even more special, but I mean, it's, it's definitely been the, it's definitely been part of those uh, acquisitions with Mark, with, uh, you know, Oliver Bjorski and uh, Andre Barakowski. I mean, those two signings were huge in the, free agent market i mean i i'm not gonna lie when when burkov when the burkovsky signing was announced i was just like freaking shitting me we actually got andre burkovsky i mean you're coming you're coming to you're you're leaving a a stanley cup team in the colorado avalanche and you're going to seattle i mean that's that's a big step backwards yeah so do you think and you think we leave, leave Jones in the net until the winning streak's broken, and then we'll give him a night off? I think so. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Because I mean, you know, uh, I had a conversation with uh, with Mike Benton from nine ninety three point three KJR yesterday, and you know, we were talking about it, and uh, they were saying he was saying, you know, when Philip Grubauer comes back, they're going to have a decision to make. They're going to they're definitely going to have a decision to make on who to to put in net, you know, uh, I mean, I know Philip Grubauer, he's got that big, I know he's got that big contract. (laughs) I know Philip Grubauer has got that big contract. So that's going to be very interesting to watch, but it's also, you know, you, if they were to go with, if they were to actually go with Martin Jones over, you know, over, over Philip Grubauer, I, you know, I don't think a lot of people are going to complain because Martin Jones has absolutely been on a tear uh, during this winning streak. He's been on a tear since he's actually come to Seattle and, and, and has provided Seattle with that, with that insurance that you definitely have that you, that you needed. Yeah, no, I'm looking at this. So he's only allowed four goals over the last four games. He has a 907 save percentage right now, and he's five and one since October 25th. There you uh, go. I think we definitely got to keep him in as long as he's he's still playing as well as he has been ever since uh, he had a baby, and uh, along with Everly, who's been scoring ever since he had a baby. <laughs> so is it just <laughs> me, or do, so. or do the Kraken need to have baby? Like, do they need to have kids like every other every other week just to just to get a good uh, win streak put together? Yes. <laughs> so it looks like uh, Ale- Alexiak is out of the lineup tonight, and uh, McCann's a game time decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's gonna suck to lose. Uh, it's gonna suck to lose uh, Alexiak for a little while because, it, from what I've heard, you know they probably are gonna lose him for a few games. Um, definitely don't want to lose Jared McCann. Jared McCann is just not that not that player that I want to lose at, at all because, you know, you you need him when you, you, when, when Jared McCann is on Jared McCann is, is just one of the most valuable players that you have out there mm-hmm. on the ice. And 
you know, Jeremy can, he didn't get that, you know, you don't give a player a five-year contract for nothing. And, yeah. and, and, and the Kraken gave uh, Jared McCann a five-year contract for a reason. And the fact that, you know, again, you know, that's, that's just not a player you want to lose out of that lineup. Yeah. Um, and so it looks like Kale, Kale Fleury is going to be in for Alexiak. Hmm. I mean, I'm not, I'm not against, I'm not against putting Flurry in. I'm not, I really am not against putting Flurry in because, I mean, you definitely need to give the guy some starts. In, in, you know, sure. you know, don't get me wrong, Flurry's not the best, but yeah. you, you do have good depth. That's, a, that's the thing. The Kraken do have some depth behind, uh, behind everything. And uh, one thing that I was really interested uh, in talking with, uh, with, with. Uh, <laughs> shoot uh with uh with mike benton was about the uh uh the uh, the shane wright situation and i like what he was saying about the shane wright situation because he's because he's saying that you know he, he's out there every day practicing and there was a there was a practice that was a it, you you didn't need to show up you didn't have to come and play the you didn't have to come and uh, practice or whatever but who was the first out there on the ice and it was shane wright so the fact that he's working hard and he's out there practicing that tells me that he wants to be out there. He wants to be he wants to get out on the ice. He wants some starts out there on the ice. And you know, it's it's so funny because I asked I asked Benton, you know, is it is there a thing with uh keeping Maddie Beneers off the second line uh, keeping Maddie Beneers off the first line? And he loves the fact that Maddie Beneers is actually on the second line but also getting that time out on the ice uh, as much as he is because you do need a guy like Matty Beniers to play at least between uh, what seventeen and twenty minutes out on the ice because you you need you need a playmaker like that and that and that's exactly what Matty Beniers is. He is a playmaker. He's twenty years. He just turned twenty years old, and again, he's he's the favorite for the Calder Cup right now. And 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 I love the fact that he is the favorite for the Calder Cup because you know when you when you have a special player like Matty Beniers, you don't want to take away his ice time. That's the that is the last thing you want to do. And I'm pretty sure Hacksaw is, is is definitely not going to take away any any ice time from, from many veneers. Yeah, that's what we do not want. We do not want Shane Wright taking any minutes from veneers. So. <laughs> um, but it, it looks like Haskell has been playing right a little bit more. Um, and we still don't know if he was he trying to ease him into the, the NHL game or, or what. Uh, but like we talked about last week, uh, we, we did both definitely want to see him, um, out there, out there more, but it looks like, they, I mean, the Kraken, it looks like they're playing with, with more energy. They're getting back on defense. They're stopping the power play a lot more so than they have in the past. And it's just, it looks like they're just, everything's clicking right now. And it's good to, good to see, you know, um, Eight, four, and two. That's our best. That's the most games we've ever been over five hundred in franchise history. So, exactly. And I mean, it's it's so fun to watch. It's so much fun to watch. Um, I'm trying to figure out right now my ESPN Plus. It's being a pain in the ass because I don't understand. I keep signing. I I keep having to sign into ESPN Plus. Like I can't. I oh, have to does. keep. Si- I hate that. It like yeah, I have to. Well, it's it's not the fact that I have to keep signing in, but I have to keep signing into my television provider. 
And it's just like, why don't you just keep me signed in? That that always yeah. that always upsets me. And this thing's being a slow piece of crap, and it's just <laughs> jeez. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to definitely do this uh, little broadcast um, with you know because you this this is something that I've been wanting to try out for a while, and. Uh, the fact that, and first of all, here's the thing. Uh, it's it's good that your jersey is actually, or your hockey sweater is a little bit big for you, man. That's the big, that's that's the important part. You need to have a baggy jersey. You got to have a baggy jersey for hockey, man. <laughs> I'm going to put a sweatshirt under it. I am. So the next, next the first game I'll be going to this year is against Columbus. Um, I believe it's after the New Year's. Oh, they, uh, for, for the Kraken? Um, yeah, I already, we, me and my buddy got tickets. He's a Columbus uh, Blue Jackets fan. So there you last go. year, yeah, la- the, last year I went to a game. We took them into overtime and then lost. Um, hopefully, we'll, we can pull out a win this this year. But I'm excited, excited to go down there again. Oh, I'm excited game. for. I'm honestly excited to go for my game because uh, I've so far I got I got to wait about another three months for the game. I'm I'm gonna go on my birthday. They're actually playing on my birthday, so that's oh nice. I feel like. That's going to be so exciting. That's going to be so exciting to actually be able to play on my birthday or to be able to watch a sporting event on my birthday because yeah, I've never been able to do that. I've never been able to do that. Now, and now I finally get to do it. So, uh, and when I actually do go to that game, I'm going to buy a, a retro reverse Jersey and get it customized with, uh, like I said, the number 24 and then my last name. And the reason why I'm getting 24 is all the goats wear 24 in Seattle. <laughs> yeah. So, so about 24. So my um, my dad, well, you know, my dad, my he's 85 and he's just stopped playing baseball this year. This is his last year, but he gave all of us uh, jerseys uh, when we were kids. Um, they were Cubs jerseys uh, with mm-hmm. numbers on the back, and we. So my dad was always 22. So my older older brother's 23, then I'm 24, and then my younger brother was 25. Um, and as every time I could get 24, it that that was the number I always got. So it's it's always been my favorite number. It's too, a, it's it's a special number. It's always yeah. a special number because um, I remember uh, one of the first times I ever wore 24 for, on a on a baseball jersey was actually during a was it summer league? Yeah, it was summer league that I that I was that I wore it, and I would. Uh, wore, here's the thing: I wore that thing with pride um, because I was able to get I was able to get 24 for my senior year in high school, so I was I was very, uh, very very happy about that, and uh, oh, that's why it wasn't logging in. I made a mistake on my login, <laughs> so it wasn't oh. me. So or but, even create create creating a player in Madden. I always did <laughs> always did twenty four too. Well, I mean, uh, the twenty four for me it's all it's always been a special number because again, you know, I I grew up idolizing Ken Griffey Jr. I still am trying to do everything I can in my power to get a hold of somebody, you know, either within Nike or with uh, with the Mariners to try to get him on the podcast. I know Griffey is a busy busy man, but that'll be the the crowning achievement of this podcast would be to get Griffey on the podcast because um, 
I think I want to say I would spend about an hour just talking with him. I want to say I would spend about an hour talking with Griffey just because there's so much to talk about his career because his career was just, as we all know, it was one of the greatest in, you know, just baseball history, uh, flat out. Oh yeah. So I, um, my dad is a very well mechanic in, in, uh, Pacific Northwest and, uh, during the year. So he actually worked on Jay Buhner's, uh, I think truck back then. Um, oh. and he gave us a bat, um, it was bad to that with bone on at the end of it and pine tarred up and everything. <laughs> and my dad was actually supposed to work on Griffey's uh, car as well, but then the strike happened. And so um, <sighs> he went to, he moved, he went to his other house and then he never got to work on it. But Oh, that um, is so horrible. I do know my, my buddy's dad, who is a uh, works for the Marriott down in Cleveland. Um, which it's one of the main hotels that the teams, different different teams, whether it's um, MLB or any, um, NFL or whatever, they they have different hotels that they use. But um, he actually had he's met Griffey a few times and has his phone number. Um, he's oh, tried to call God, him like when me. I when I'm with him to like Facetime him, but because um, he's been working there for the past like uh, thirty plus years man if, if you um, got griffey's number we gotta text him i know well, i don't have it he does but i gotta uh, you, you, you need, need to, we need to we need to check out with him to see if we can get it get his information to get him on the podcast because i mean that would be I awesome mean, be, uh, now i got it now i got something even interesting to tell you so uh the just uh, a couple days ago on wednesday i made a deli- uh, so i'm not going to say where i delivered to because i'm not going to reveal where this player's house is but I made the delivery to one of the Kraken players. Oh, wow. And I, I, I'm not going to say who because uh, I'm not going to reveal who it was, but it was it was really cool to meet him. And, uh, you know. Did you, uh, so you was, knew who it was, right? When you, you opened the door. Oh, no, no, no. As soon as, as soon as I looked at the address and I'm just like, this can't be the actual. And I'm not going to say who it was because. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing look i mean uh there's very you know if i actually meet a player out there i'll 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 definitely brag about it but i'm not going to say who it was because i don't i don't want people to know where this player lives but you know i'm not gonna lie i mean it was as soon as i saw the address on the on the envelope i'm just like it's not him that there's no way it's actually him and then i get to the house and he was a and he just got home. He just got home from the from the uh, from the practice. Oh wow! And and it was really cool. And it was really cool to talk to him. I talked to him for about a minute because I didn't have a lot of time. But I was talking with him, and um, I really hope I get to deliver to his house again. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. His house is a very beautiful house. It's a, it's a very very nice house. Uh, lawn. I needed. I need to say this. It it. Uh, Actually, I don't. I don't even think I can say a lot. I can't say a lot because that'll actually violate a lot of a lot of privacy things. But you know yeah. what? Up until that, I, I'm I'm just silent. I I will stay silent. But it was very fun uh, just just to be able to deliver to an actual player's house and be, uh, 
and, and, and just to, you know, just have a chat with him. And I forgot to ask him for free tickets, but uh, I don't think he would have given it to, to me, but uh, I'm not, I'm not delivering out there for free tickets. That's the thing. I'm not delivering for free tickets. <laughs> that is awesome though. It really was. And it, and it was so cool to actually have a conversation with him for, for a little while, because I was telling him, you know, you know, you guys are on a really good roll. And I will say this, he did say, just expect the unexpected. And I, and I, and I love that attitude. I love the attitude that he has. And, and I think that's the attitude that the Kraken have right now, because, you know, what they're, line does he play on? Uh, he plays on the third line. Uh, never. Shit. <laughs> that was, that was not smart of me. Damn it. Oh, that's cool. But, uh, uh, big big matchup for the Huskies coming up this Saturday, man. Uh, number twenty five UW against number six Oregon, and that is going to be. Uh, you know what? I'm not. Be, I'm not even going to lie. It is going to be a shootout. It's going to be a. It's going to be a highly contested game. It's going to be a very high scoring game. Yeah, I don't. Ex- score I more do, than forty. Uh, whoever whoever scores more than forty, they that's who, that's who's going to win. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be. It is going to be an absolute insane game, but, but you know, uh, by the way, Gonzaga, number two, Gonzaga just beat Michigan State 64-63. That was a good game. That was a good game. Um, I'm not going to lie. I am not going to lie. And I think it's so funny of how all these, uh, the, the sailors on the on the ship are actually taking photos with, with these, uh, with the college kids. It's so fun to, because these college kids are getting so much admiration and Oh my God! There's a trophy. There's an actual trophy they're giving him. <laughs> but I'm not gonna lie; those dude, those Gonzaga camo jerseys are really sick. Yeah. Oh, it was a player of the game trophy. Okay, I see. Oh no, it was it was an actual trophy for winning it. But um, yeah, this game against this game uh, for the Huskies is going to be the game of the year. I mean, I would say because. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I, th- I think if the Huskies win this game, it, 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 and I, and this is a big, big time if, because if the Huskies somehow were able to cap off, you know, this win to put them and that might actually put them in the top 15. Cause you know, I'm saying that if you, if you're able to get, if you're a number 25 ranked team and you beat the number six team, you should move up 10 spots in the rankings. And the one thing that I love that we get to talk about right now is we will not see Bama in the college playoffs for the first time. And I'm so freaking happy. I'm so freaking happy that I'm so freaking happy that Bama's out because I, I was, I was absolutely sick of seeing Bama in the college college football playoffs every single damn year. Yeah, me too. I mean, I think George is definitely the the best team. Uh, Clemson, I don't. They're not going to stay up there. They, I don't even think they're as good as you know the record shows. No, um, I, I agree. I don't. I don't think beat, barely beat Wake Forest and uh, and then you got Michigan. Michigan's playing well. Well, um, think about this. This is something that I wanted to bring. Ohio State. Whoever's going to win somebody, that game. Somebody actually said that Bama still has a chance. 
I actually saw that today. Somebody said that Bama still has, and it was over on Facebook. And someone said, oh, Bama still has a chance to get into the college football playoffs. How are you going to do that? You're you're going against number eleven Mississippi next week. You're not going to move. You're not going to move up in the rankings. Maybe one spot if you beat number eleven. Then who do you have next? You have Austin PA. You're you're not moving up in the rankings with that. And then finally you ha- and then finally of course you have the Auburn Alabama game and and that's always a shootout. It doesn't matter if if Auburn is a terrible team. They always give Bama trouble in that game. And you know, if we're looking at the SEC, uh, we're looking at right now. We're, I'm, I'm looking at the overall conference record. You know, uh, Mississippi. If they beat Mississippi, that you know they're going to be in second place in that conference, and they're going to have to go against LSU. And you know, now that I think about it, you know, if you're able to get, if you're able to get a couple wins, if you're able to win off the rest of the season, and you are, and you get into the SEC championship, and you're able to get uh, beat LSU, which I don't think they will. Because I feel I feel like LSU really is the better team than Bama, but if you were to beat LSU, you might actually you. I think Bama would get to number seven. That's where I think Bama would be if they were to win out. Mm-hmm. I don't th- I don't think that I don't think they would get into the college football playoffs though. Yeah. Uh... It's always tricky to to to, to look the, at this. Uh... That's almost where the politics come into play, or because <laughs> uh, so uh, let's say Oregon wins out, will they get in? Even though we already saw now, now they now, scored three points against Georgia. Yeah, they see, don't want they don't want that matchup to happen again. And no, they don't. And you know, I I truly believe that Oregon has a shot. I think that Oregon de- definitely has a shot, but. You know, I mean, we had a shot against Alabama if we didn't throw that interception right before halftime for a touchdown. Yeah, back in 2016. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. and it was uh, that was definitely Jake a really special that out route picked off for the touchdown at the very end of the half. Yeah, and then it was kind of all over from there. But yeah, it was definitely an interesting game during that year. But it, it, it the the funny thing about that game was, you know. You know, UW held Alabama in that game to their lowest scoring in the entire year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bama was was never held under thirty points the entire season until they faced UW because they went against one hell of a defense. But uh, who the hell was it? Bo was it Bo Scarborough that just absolutely ran the hell out of uh, just he ran the hell out of that damn team, and he and, and it was it was absolutely insane. Um, That's when we have Vita Vea, <laughs> Buda Baker, Marcus Buda Bidwell, Baker. Actually, yeah, you know, and and, and can I? I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, so many people say, uh, keep saying, you know, oh, Marcus Peters was on that team. Out of all those guys on the entire UW team, I hate Marcus Peters. I think he's a punk. There's a reason that Marcus Peters wasn't in that game because he he screwed up. He acted like an asshole, and Chris Peterson kicked him off the team. There's a mm-hmm. reason. I've never liked Marcus Peters. I've always thought Marcus Peters is an asshole. <laughs> yep. But uh, DJ, I got Mark waiting. We're we're going to be going over uh, Belgium uh, chances here in the World Cup. Uh, but uh, I'm going to be talking to you here in about 50 minutes. 
And yep. uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that Kraken broadcast, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, let's do it. I'll be back. Yep. And uh, are the are the daughters going to have a cameo again in that one? Oh, that was my son. <laughs> him and his long hair. I don't know. Oh, that was your. Oh my god. Wow. No, you're fine. Uh, <laughs> it's shaved on the side. Even, even yeah. Mark's laughing. It's all good. Even Mark's laughing about that one. No worries. Oh man, I was. I am so sorry. I, want I thought him it was to your put- daughter. It's shaved all the way around. I want him to put it up like a like almost like a Viking, but he's like, no, Dad, I don't want to put it up. <laughs> well, DJ, I'll talk so. to you here in about a few minutes, brother. All right, sounds good. All right, later, man. Bye. All right, there we go. There's DJ, and again, we'll be back here in about uh, a little a little under fifty minutes for the uh, Kraken uh, broadcast stream. But Mark, how's it going, man? Going good. Going very good. Uh, so we got a lot to, so we got some things to talk about today, man. So of course, uh, going over this world cup matchup with, uh, so, uh, the, the team that we are previewing today is of course, Belgium and their group stage that they have to face, because this is going to be a very interesting, you said last week that this wasn't really the group, the, 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 the group of death, but it's close as a group of death. Yeah. Yeah. I, so it's interesting because, like, uh, when you when you're talking, about it, typically the win um, every World Cup, there's at least one where good, highly ranked teams that are seen as potential contenders or dark horses all land in the same group. And if you do the average, we talked last week how actually the the group the USA is in Group B actually has the highest FIFA rankings average of any other group. But you'd make the argument if if that's not the group of death. This one is, and yeah. it's a really it's a really interesting group. Um, Belgium's been either number one or number two for most of the last two years. Really, kind of trading spots at times, back and forth with Brazil. Uh, I don't think they slipped to three at any point, but th- this is a good team. And the it trick really is, is right. The trick is, uh, we'll we'll get to that in a second. But like, there are two really good teams in this group in Croatia. In Canada, did I freeze on you? <laughs> Sorry, so, like my, no, 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 my you didn't froze. froze. Okay, good. so uh, Croatia and Canada are both really good as well. I, you know, we we take a look and go, hey, the U.S. men's national team qualified, great. Yeah, we were number two in our group behind Canada. Mm-hmm. Canada tied us in our place and beat us at theirs, and they finished number one at the top of the group. They have arguably the best player in North America in Alfonso Davies, although who knows if he's actually going to be able to play or not. Yeah. Um, and so like, there's a lot to, to look at here. Then you go Croatia. I mean, only the runner up last time. <laughs> right. I mean, like this is a group yeah. and a half. It is. It really is. And like the trick is Croatia slipped a little Canada's ranking still low because although they did well in CONCACAF, you know, they made their hay against teams that are like below 50. Mm-hmm. <laughs> calf rankings so this is, this is a, you know this is a really interesting group and it's one uh, you know like I, I i i think as we as we go through it tonight there's a lot here to talk about and honestly like i i want to see every game game in group b don't get me wrong behind that this group deserves every game to be watched because you have three really good teams that could really put on a show and i'm 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 kind of excited for it 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, if if we're talking about if we're talking about a group that that can com- be compared to the group of death, it is, it is definitely this one. You know, you know, they Belgium placed third place in, in 2018. Let's let's not forget that. I mean, right. so you know, they're they're not a bad team. People people, but I I think one of the I think one of the most underrated teams. I I, I think we can both agree on this. I think the most underrated team in this entire World Cup is Canada. Canada I, is a very uh, no Canada argument. is a no Canada is there. a very yeah. very underrated team because look here's the thing, um, I have the Canadian flag on my back. I just I just got okay. tattooed. I have tattoo. No, well, it's it's kind of an interesting tattoo. Um, it's a representation of my heritage. Part of my family's Canadian, but I'm going to be <laughs> honest. You know, Canada scares the shit out of me. Every right. time the U.S. every time the USA plays Canada, they scare the shit out of me because of just how good they have truly become. I want to bring this up quickly. I need to bring this up. So, uh, right now, the current roster. Let me. Let me. Here we go. So, the current squad. You know, here's a few. As you just said, Alfonso Davies. Alfonso Davies is unfreaking real. That dude is by far, in my opinion, the best North American athlete. In any soccer, in, in in for any soccer team, and they just they just have player after player. You know, I'm looking down their roster. Maxine Creepill, he's playing for LAFC. I only see one guy on this entire roster that plays for an MLS team. All of these other guys have been playing overseas, and that's the best. That's the best type of training you could ever get is playing overseas. You and missed a few, but yeah, there's, there's no, no, no. I, several, I, yeah. I, I did miss a few, but I, but I just wanted to go yeah. ahead and just touch no, no, base no. on that one. You're, you're not wrong. There are some, some guys in this roster. They're, they're not. This is the interesting part, okay, with this Canada team, is they're not in the like the highest level teams in Europe, right? They're in B leagues and sometimes even C leagues, but when they are, they're standout players on those leagues, which makes you wonder, can they make it in those A leagues? Yeah. Right. Um, there's a lot of um, and, and this is this is no secret. There is a uh, there's only really two. Well, Montreal's building one, but there's really only two like <clears throat> truly top notch soccer programs in Canada. And it's once in Vancouver. So like, you know, a few hours up the road from Seattle and and or Toronto. Right. And yeah. you've got some really good players that have come through <clears throat> both of those both of those groups. I, again, you're not wrong. And, and this is. um Alfonso Davies, you, you would, you would, he has to be in the discussion for the best athlete in North America. And when you're talking, I, no, you're talking uh, like hands, hands down, hands right, down. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to disagree with that. Absolutely. I mean, first of all, Alfonso Davies to me, whenever I see him run, I'm just like, okay, I, I, he here's scary, the thing. Man. I, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I'm going to, Mark, I'm going to be fucking honest with you right now. Yeah. When I see him run, it's just like, okay, do you see those? Do you see those guys behind Alfonso Davies? Someone's like, who? And I'm like, exactly. well, there's, well, look, there's the Roadrunner, there's the Flash. Like he's out. The, yeah. the speed on that dude is absolutely incredible. The, the speed with the ball control and the vision. Oh my right? god, it's it's unreal. <laughs> it scares like, the shit out of me so really badly. Is. There's, I mean, he's, you know, like we we got excited because you know you got you know. uh, uh 
teams winning Champions League now that have Americans on them. Yeah, Alfonso hmm. Davies has been doing it for a couple of years with Bayern, right? I mean, like he's he, he's he's a true um, world class gem. And mm-hmm. I, I, you know, like if you, the, the real question is whether they have him or not, but they did half a qualifying without him and still finished first. And right? that's scary. That, that is, that is. And, and this is kind of the point is like, you have, you have a couple things now. I'm, I'm you know, we're, we're going to preview Belgium. Let's, let's talk Canada like real, real quick. Cause this matters. For, I, think it, I think it's hilarious of how we were going to preview, preview Belgium. No, and it, all to of me, a sudden... it, was, it wasn't just a group. It, it, it no, wasn't no, no. Just Belgium, I understand that. But now right, all yeah. of it, we, we, we okay. switch off Belgium, but we're get, we're, but we're jumping okay. right onto the Canadian bandwagon. Right. So, right. So, okay. Let's, let's pour let's a shot of maple syrup. Why don't right. we? So, okay. Yes. You have Alfonso Davies. Okay, who's who's fast? You know who's he's not as fast. He's not as good. He doesn't have the ball control, but he's dangerous. Tejon Buchanan. So it's not just it's not just Davies going down the left side. You got Tejon Buchanan going up the right too, if you want it, Uh, as as more of a winger than the left back that Davies is most of the time. Okay, you want guys that you you because I think every team needs a guy the other team hates. Right. Like for the Sounders, that was Ozzy for years. Yeah, it really and was for for Portland. It's Diego Chara. Because I tell you right now, like, uh, yeah, nobody outside of Portland likes Diego Chara. No. OK. Right. I, like, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I, I absolutely fan, hate that man. Right. If you're a Sounders fan, you hate him. OK. Now, here's the trick. I, You know who it is for Vancouver for me? Hmm. OK. Lucas Cavallini. I can't stand I... the man, right? Like, I can't stand him. He's awful, right? And and you know what? Like, there's another one right behind him that's like I, I hate almost as much, and that's Mark Anthony K. Really? Like, and both of these guys, yeah, K just he he's uh he's two things for me. He's a guy who who fouls too much intentionally and then whines when he's fouled. I hate that. I hate it, right? So it's it's one of those things. And Cavallini's just dirty. I mean, he's just a dirty. You know, player. I'm not going to disagree well on that one. I'm right. Not, I'm definitely not going to disagree with so, that one. So, like, you look at that and you go, "What are the pieces that you got to have?" They got two of both. They got the speed to stretch the field either side. Take your pick, right? You you want the guy who's going to be an enforcer and hit somebody when you need it? You got K. You got Cavallini. You have what you need. You got a guy that can put in goals in. You know, upper level leagues in Europe and Kyle Lahren and, you know, and uh, you, you just you have pieces. Jonathan David's had a good season or two as well. There are things that this team has just pieces. You know, Alistair Johnson's been in Europe for years. There are pieces of this team. There are pieces of this team that should scare anyone looking at them. Because it's not always about tactics and pieces. Like they're not going to have none of these teams with the way the World Cup structured this year. None of these teams are going to have a tremendous amount of time to gel. It's not like they've been done playing for a month and all they've been doing is practicing and running scrimmages together. They're going to get a week from the time that they stop games to the time that World Cup starts. Yeah, and and so the pieces will matter more than the tactics because the teams don't have time to work them out, and Canada has the pieces. Yeah, just, they I do. mean, you're you hit the nail on the head. I mean, they really do have the pieces and it's it's truly terrifying. You know, getting back onto Belgium, though, I mean, yes. so, so I have a question for you as we okay, jump into go Belgium. Ahead. OK, who's the best player in the world? 
<laughs> what the fuck? Who's the best player in the world? It's, it's a legitimate question. You're like, why? Why start there, right? Like, okay. I, that's that's the that, that's the worst question you could have asked me because there, there's there's so many good players, in my okay. opinion, in the world. Okay. And so let me let's let's break this. All right. Down. No, 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 no. Okay. I'm I'm still right. gonna answer. Go I'm still gonna right. answer Go your question. The best player in the world, and I know that it, this is gonna sound like the most biased answer in the world, but it's Cristiano Ronaldo. I, I I think Cristiano Ronaldo is by far the best player in the world. I think he's one of the best soccer players of all time. You know, right behind Lionel Messi. Okay. Uh, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I. I, I hate to. You know, I, I'm definitely kind of a messy hater okay. and uh, pun not intended, by the way, but okay. it's just, you know, or what Ronaldo does is just so special. You know, it's, it's really suckish that he's, that he's never been to a world cup final. It, it really does <laughs> suck because I would, I would love to see the best player get definitely get a world cup, but, it, but it, it, it it's never going to happen. Okay. And and also the 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 fact that he pulls his shorts up and his and his thighs look like boobs that just got pulled up <laughs> pulled up from like like a goddamn <laughs> girls gone wild video. Yeah, he's he, he's so there there are few better physical specimens of him than him uh, ever. Okay, I'm not I'm not gonna argue with you there. Okay, um, but I'm gonna counter you. Okay, okay, he isn't the best player right now. Okay. Okay. He was five years ago. Okay. Now he's slowing down. I mean, for Pete's sake, they can't play him for 90 minutes a game twice a week Mm. at Man U. You know, there's a reason Ten Hag hasn't been putting him on the field, running him out every time, other than as a sub, because he can't do it. The man's old. Yeah. Okay. So who is it right now? Is it Messi? No, nobody disputes that anymore. Messi's really good. Don't get me wrong, but he's yeah. not what he was back in his heyday in Barker 10 years ago. Okay. No, I agree. So, I fully agree on that one. So who is it? Okay. Now, hold on. Okay. Let me, let me walk through something here. Okay. Who's the best team in Europe right now? The best team in Europe? Yeah. Like, are we, ta- are we talking international or are no, we talking no, club, club ball? Not, not, uh, not international ball. That's what world cup will settle. Is who the best team in Europe is, whether they win or not. Um, you're gonna have you're gonna have somebody. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be truthfully least. honest with you. I've not been paying a lot of attention okay. to to international uh, clubs. All right, but I am gonna say, I, I want to say PSG. Okay, now I will disagree with that as well. Okay, <laughs> all right. You go really? Yeah, one reason the competition level in the French league isn't good enough. Now, okay. PSG is good. But try this one out. Who's constantly at the top? Who's constantly ends up in semifinals and finals? And Real Madrid. Always there. Okay, Real Madrid's one, right? Who's the, who's the key player on Real Madrid? And I would also ask, who's the key player on, on PSG? The key player. Well, right now, I mean, the key player, of course, on PSG is, uh, is, is Mbappe. Okay, are you sure? I mean, is it Neymar? I, I, again? I haven't been paying attention Messi? to international soccer. No, my, my point is, is, is it? It's you got an argument with PSG for three guys, and I think you'd be hard pressed to pick any one of them out. Mm. Okay, you go to Real Madrid. Real Madrid's a good team, but again, who's their very best? Who's, I don't know. Who's, who's their top-notch player? Okay, now, all right. The other argument you'd have comes out of England, and it's Man okay. City. It's Man City. 
right? Okay. Kansas City's been at the top, uh, you know, like they're they're there at the top of the league. They're there at the top of Champions League. They're constantly performing well. And who is the key player on Man City? Even with Holland going off this year, who the key player is Kevin De Bruyne. Okay. Okay. And I think there's an argument to be made that right now in world football, he's the best player. Okay. Okay. That that that's bold. I that's, that, the, that's the trick. Bold. I don't actually think I don't I like I don't understand why you might say that. I don't think it's that bold. I think there are others who are starting to make that argument. And there's there's a reason for it. If something happens at Man City, it goes through Kevin De Bruyne. Okay. Just like it I did see. for Messi in his heyday, and just like it did for Ronaldo when he was at Man U and when he was at Real Madrid. If you wanted something great to happen, not just normal, if you wanted something great at Man City right now, it goes to Kevin De Bruyne. And you okay. have to like, I see him. I see him. Right now, Holland's amazing. Like, he's the best striker in the game right now. I don't think anybody disputes that. Okay. Who, by the way, plays for a national team that didn't qualify and he won't be at the World Cup. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> right. In the end, <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne lifts Man City. Right. They are what they are because they have a player like him pulling the strings. Okay. And that's why Belgium's a competitor. I like it. I love it. Now, uh, we're almost out of time, by the way. Ah! But, but I, well, I mean, we've been, we've been busy right now. We've been, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I'm sorry. So, I mean, so real quickly, uh, you have one more uh, previewing team because uh, next week we, we preview our final team, but then we give our World Cup prediction of the winner. Okay. And here's the thing. Um, let's just say this. So who's so who are we previewing next week? By the way. So, I mean, you know this this was hard because there's <laughs> there's and what's more is there were roster shakeups this week, right? Okay. Um, there were roster shakeups this week, and um. It, it, it made it it made it tough, but uh, I think uh, I think you got to go with the uh, DOS machine, uh, Germany. Um, oh, so, I, OK, you know what, sir? You know, I bow to the I bow okay. to the that's another flag I have on the back. OK, so the, for, <laughs> for me, like looking at this, like um, Brazil's good and they have mm-hmm. a win streak and a half going. But I, I, I just don't trust them. Right. And Argentina, same thing. They've never been able to coalesce around Messi and it is what it is. Okay. It really is what it is. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say this real quickly. So out of the four teams that we have previewed that we will preview. Yeah. I will give a, just a spoiler real quick for next week. One of those four teams is going to win the world cup. I, and I, I, I agree, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna um. I, mean, I real quick, I've, hold on there's a, a reason second. I'm picking I think, them. Right? I think I think you know who I think I think I know who you think I picked. I I don't know. I honestly I honestly don't, and I'm not. I wouldn't hazard I wouldn't hazard a guess, but um, I know who I'm picking when we come to those come to those things. Okay. So, um, I'm yeah. Hang on a sec. I th- I think you and I are both on the same mindset because I really do think you you know who I just picked. 
to win the okay. World Cup. But all right. So okay. so before we get into all of that, uh, since we are almost out of time, by the way, uh, so let's go ahead and give our preview to uh, Belgium. And yes, let's go ahead and give uh, Canada just a little bit of a preview as well. So to our World Cups. So uh, in this group stage, uh, I'm going to go ahead and flat out say it. Uh, I'm not going to pick a determinate winner. I'm not going to flat out pick a winner because this is a very difficult, this is a diff, very difficult group, yeah. but I'm going to go ahead and say this Canada and Belgium are going to move on. They're going to move to the round of 16. I think that, um, and I think, and I think Belgium is going to make one hell of a run. Um, I don't see, I don't see Canada getting out of the round of 16. I just don't see them get made. It all depends on who they go up against. That that that's the thing. It all depends on who they go up against. If they go up against a team that I believe that they can beat, then maybe they get into the round of eight. But I just I just don't see them getting into. I don't see them getting past the round of sixteen. I'm saving my Belgium prediction for next week. Okay. All right. Uh, I will do the same. Other than to say, Belgium comes out of this group on top. Okay. I, you know what? You know what? I, I I'm fair with that. I'm fair with the the, okay. the reason why I couldn't get a determinate pick. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the I'm gonna give you this. Belgium and Canada because a Belgium is such a great team, but b Canada is such a sneaky ass team. Right. So here's the here's the challenge. Right. Croatia is the same thing. That's only true. They've done it more than Canada, and the guy pulling the strings for them has already said this is his last cup in Luka Modric. Mm. And so, like, honestly, for me, because I think it helps, like, I want to see North American soccer do well because it helps our league and helping yeah. our league helps my team in the Sounders. Right. OK, so so like from that perspective, I want Canada to get out of this group stage. I want them just like I want the no, US I, national team to absolutely. make a run, You know, you're, right? you, you hit the name. You just hit the hang on a second. Mark. Hang on. I, I don't yeah. mean to interrupt you. Yeah. You absolutely just hit the nail on the head because when North American teams do good, that is, that's a good response to just both Canada and American soccer, because yes. it shows that Mexican they soccer are... as well, incidentally, but yes, <laughs> I'm going to just throw that out there. They're part of that too. I know. Yeah. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to give Mexico compliments. Right. It sometimes. is. It is sometimes, <laughs> but, um, but you're absolutely right. No, when, when those teams do good, you know, it gives a good feedback on both Mexican, Canada, and, and and the United States, and that's always good. So you're absolutely right. I do want Canada to come out of this of this group stage. So go ahead and finish with okay. what you're saying. So here's the trick. Okay, if you take and I've done this, kind of charted this out already because that's it, you know I'm a soccer geek and it's kind of like picking the <laughs> NCAA tournament for me, right? Um, <laughs> like if you ask me. What game would you abs? What what spot and finish in a group? What game would you not bet on? It's Croatia and Canada, and who who comes out of that group stage between the two? Oh shit! Like I just I there's no way. Wow. How do, how do I how and and it's not because like <laughs> Croatia's ranked higher. They're on paper they're the better team. They got all kinds of emotion riding. They just missed last time, and and probably the best Croatian soccer player ever in Luka Modric is is saying this is his last cup and. And they've done it. They've done it. Right. Yeah. So like versus Canada, who's there for the first time in so many years, I can't even remember. And, um, and you, you know, you've got a guy for them and, and, uh, 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 what's his name? Um, uh, Alistair Johnson, who's, who's 
mm. you know, been playing all over the world and never sniffed a World Cup before. Uh, you've got, you know, you've got all these young guys. Like I said, you've got all those pieces, like th- those those pieces that are that are necessary, that are present. But man, I don't know how to pick them. I honestly, I, I couldn't tell See, you who's that, gonna. That's, that's it's like it's too much well. of a coin flip. It's too much of a coin flip. And like it's it's like you know like my 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 guts on paper says Croatia, but my North American wannabe brain says Canada. Man, I I can't pick between the two. I could like seriously like I'm sitting there trying to fill it out. Like I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like you know like I want to fill out my little chart and say here's what I think it's gonna be and post it on Facebook and say hey Mike here look this is what it's gonna look. I can't do it. I can't figure it out. This this is that's why this first, group this is why this group is that you, fun. that you haven't had an answer for anything. Well, that's I don't think there is one. I think this is like it's it's one where like you you draw it up you 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 know you look at all those intangibles the emotion both sides have it the pieces both sides have it the experience okay one side have it one side uh, side doesn't the youth the other side's got it that doesn't have the experience right like like what it, it's a toss up right down like how are how are you going to possibly pick this and mm. you can't tell me that Croatia and Belgium it's not that they're quaking in their boots but they're like what do we do with this team Right for yeah. Canada, right, and at the same time, like, man, this this is a this is a truly difficult group, and it's it it's, really is right. Like, it's so it's very different than Group B that the U.S. is in with England. Um, <laughs> boy, we 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 could we could have stepped on that one this week too. There's some interesting yeah. stuff from England's roster, but in in the end, like, dude, this is. This is to me. This group is the most uh, the most interesting storylines in the cup right now are coming out of this group. This uh, group F. It'll be fun to watch. It's worth it. Um, and if you know, if you want to expand your your viewing for those of you that don't watch a lot of soccer and you start sit down and watch the World Cup, watch this group. It'll be fun. Oh my God! It will be. All right, that is going to do it for me and Mark. Uh, so next week we are previewing Germany. I love the fact that you did pick Germany because I was really hoping that we would preview them for a little bit. But uh, also next week after we get done previewing Germany, both me and Mark will tell you who we believe will win this World Cup. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go out of my way and say this. I'm going to – I. you know what? You know what? I lost my parlay bet with the NFL uh, last week, but you know what? I, here's the thing. I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put a hundred dollars down. I'm gonna put a hundred dollars down that we have picked the same team to win this World Cup. Okay, I'm interested to see what you think. I'm I'm, I'm very interested. Now, I, don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna give you a hundred dollars if I'm wrong, but I'm just saying. I, I'm I'm very confident. I. <laughs> Is that, I, I thought that's what you just said. I was like, I'm a hundred dollars richer. I'm gonna. I think I gotta figure out what he's got. I'm just gonna switch now. And get my hundred bucks. Come on. No, I, that's fine. Either I'm way, no. I think, I think that I think the pick is gonna be very interesting. Okay. I I really do believe that both you and I have picked the same team. But Mark, it's always a pleasure talking with you, man. Um, and I look forward to talking with you next week when we preview Germany and then give our entire World Cup preview it's our final preview of the before the week before the world cup begins two days before and here's yep. the things oh my god two days before the world cup and you know what i'm now i'm, I'm gonna warn I, you like you, you won't be able to talk to me for like three weeks you know that right because <laughs> all i'm gonna be doing is watching it 
So no, I I feel like you know, you know we're, we we will not. Well, here's the thing: we have to make time. We do have to make just, some time. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Yeah. No, talking. I no. You're absolutely right. It's going to be an absolute madhouse. Um, you know, me myself. I here's the thing. I get. I, I told I told DJ this, but just this pa- just on Wednesday, I made a delivery to one of the guys on the Kraken. Oh, cool! <laughs> and and it was so fun. But you know, every time I'm on my route, I always have my phone on me to like listen to sports. But I'll have my phone like right there on the dashboard, just like magnified right there with that World Cup, with the USA game, all all those games on there. I'm, I'm yeah. going to be keeping an eye on them and. Yep. Of course, the teams that, that that we've been previewing, I'm going to be keeping an eye on. But but Mark, it's it's always a pleasure to have a conversation with you, man. And it's always a pleasure to have your rant, dude. It's so funny because we turned we didn't tur- we turned this Belgium preview into a Belgium slash Canada preview, and I love that because this, you're you were absolutely <laughs> right with about this group. This is really the group of death in the World Cup, in my opinion. Yeah, it's, but it's it is it's a lot of fun. It really is. But Mark, um, I will talk to you next uh, Friday, my man, when we preview Germany and then, of course, give our World Cup preview. All right. Sounds good. Have a good night, my my man. There you go, Mark, everybody. And that is going to do it for this episode of Seattle Sports Stars. We did not have any music, but um, there we go. Got a little music right now. (laughs) But um, here in about 20 minutes, we are going to be doing a new live stream podcast where we're going to be watching the cracking game. We're going to be doing a live play by play. It's already up there. Uh, DJ and I are really looking forward to this. So I hope you guys tune into that. So real quickly, before we get out, before we get out of here, I just want to say thank you so much for everybody who does tune into this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So sorry. Thank you so much for everybody who supports this podcast. And be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And do not forget to hit that little bell icon on our channel. That way you get notifications of new podcasts whenever they go. So I am saying good morning, good afternoon, and good night wherever you guys are listening or or watching this podcast from. And we will see you next Friday.